Hey, I'd like to introduce you to the new listener support button. I'd like to actually do this without a whole lot of advertising. Now, I'm doing some advertising for the application that I'm using, and they give it to me free, and that's why you hear that. Also doing some advertising for the voting, because I believe in voting, and those are free advertisements. But what I'd like to do is actually make this site without advertisements, and the only way I can really do that is if I have sponsors or supporters. There is now a support button on the Anchor app. If you'd like to support the Garland Pepper Show, I would love it. And uh, make sure you let me know if you do so I can give you a shout out as being a supporter and a friend of the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. Remember, I'd like to do this without advertising, so we can do this with supporters. Have a great day. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Garland Pepper Presents Podcast. Today, my guest is Bex Carlos. Bex is from St. Louis, and she is a podcast editor. She's just young, starting this business out. Previous life, she was doing promotions with radio stations. So she's into this radio promotion sound thing, and she also likes to travel and follow Beyonce, like in France and stuff. And uh, she did a reading for me. Yeah, I'm not into the mystics and stuff, but she did a reading. Look forward to hearing it. See y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. Today, my guest is Bex Carlos. She is a podcaster. She's building her own little podcast business. She also does editing. Um, she also dabbles in some of the mystical arts, and she's going to do a reading for me today. I've never really done a reading. I am by nature a skeptic, but this should be fun. I'm open to all. So, oh, thank uh, you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, thank you. Sorry to just cut in. <laughs> no, that was it. It's in I my was... nature. Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So tell me a, a little bit about yourself. I started as a radio personality uh, here in St. Louis, which is where I'm currently based. Did that for a number of years. It was a really fun thing. It allowed me to like fulfill my dream of being an alt rock goddess because I always really loved music and going to concerts was my thing. And so that was a fun time in my life. But, you know, things come to an end. Uh, after that, I kind of just started working and podcasting. Uh, soon after that, like, it, it's isn't it funny when life kind of just, like, aligns for you? Mm-hmm. Do you ever have those moments? Uh, yeah, usually it feels like misalignment first, though. Yeah, yeah, like you misstep or you, like, suddenly fall into something that's, like, I think there's something here. Yeah, yeah, life is life is interesting that way. Um, I, I've learned to not make a whole lot of bets on the future. Um, imagine if you were good at, at that, you, you could probably do pretty well in this world, but I, I don't know that I trust it really. Um, yeah, it's, it's got its own energies that are much bigger than me. Nature in itself is much bigger than me. And then mm-hmm. the society that we've wrapped into nature makes it even more cumbersome, more comfortable at some levels, at many levels. And that's why we've created most of it. But it also has its constraints on humanity and, and self. And that's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, no, and most definitely is. And, 
being someone who couldn't just like, you know, be an accountant, uh, like radio is a fickle business and that didn't really work out. And so I kind of just like started doing a bunch of industry work, you know, like uh, working in restaurants, working as a bartender and like got to explore a lot of like making really cool drinks. That was a fun time in my life. Um, and it was something I was good at and I was able to like travel places and work as, you know, like a traveling bartender and that like brought its own adventures. So I've always been someone who's been like, life comes to you and it brings something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like you're involved in the, pretty much the social network of St. Louis there. Um, so what do you mean by radio personality? What does that mean? So radio personality. Uh, there was uh, a local radio station here in St. Louis called uh, 105.7 The Point. It's kind of a big staple here. Like if you have lived here and just kind of been driving in your car, flipping through, which St. Louis is definitely one of those cities, you know what I mean? To get to another part of the city, especially if you live in the county, there's yeah. just a ordeal in itself. So you're going to spend a lot of time in cars. And there's something really beautiful about like, finding a cool song, you know, and someone who speaks to you and like, you know, can give you a little factoids or whatever. So yeah, I, um, I got to talk on air. I, one of my coolest moments of life, I think was I got to introduce one of my favorite bands, uh, to the community that I loved because my, my boss at the time really trusted my music taste and was like, yeah, like this is good. Play something of theirs. And so sorry, I needed some water. Um, so yeah, like it was nice to have that freedom that someone was like, Hey, yeah, this is good. Play it. Um, later I ended up seeing them because the community here with like venues and stuff, if you're into like the music scene is a great spot to be in mm -hmm. because depending on the venue, you can get really close to the artist. You can have a conversation. Um, I was so fortunate, like being, you know, working for this radio station that was such a staple in this town that I was able to go to so many shows and meet so many musicians and hang out with so many creative people. And, you know, it was like we were the people helping, you know, just bring them to the masses. Like, because sometimes it, it's interesting how, like, the promotional business works, isn't it? How it's like yeah. someone has to give it that kiss of approval and it's, it's relevant. Well, it's, it's amazing how much... Um being in public and out having face still makes a difference in this time. Yeah. So like for you know, sure. stations have always done promos on site for years, you know, uh, because it works. Mm -hmm. because, oh, I get to talk to the disc jockey who runs my favorite show. Now they've got a face and now we're friends right? They just meet you once and now they're friends. Oh, my friend, you know, <laughs> drop your name somewhere because, you know, they, they met you at a, at a gig. Yeah. And the town here that I live in, it's, um, that's a big thing that happens. It's, it's interesting uh, because there's such a big music community. And I think that there has to be that hand in hand, you know, there has to also be the people who say the music's rad um, so yeah, like I said, that was a really fun time in my life. I got to see so many shows. Um, it helped me create a lot of connections that later made podcasting a lot easier. Um, like I'm someone who kind of just fell into it. I was very fortunate because I did work in radio and I did, you know, also uh, like have, you know, that presence in school where I was learning to do all that to be able to work in radio. Um, I remember at the time, like, 
that I really started to get into podcasting. I was planning a trip to Europe mm-hmm. and I was working in restaurants. I was like, you know, doing a lot of stuff to try to raise money for this trip. And it kind of just fell into my lap because I'm bilingual and someone needed a podcast edited in Spanish. Right. And I was like, I, I can do that. Let's do it. Yeah. And she's like, what's your rate? And I just like threw out a number and she was cool with it. And I was like, cool, let's do this. And it was really fortunate because it was like, like I said, I kind of just feel like the stars maybe have a path for us. Um, and at, at this time, like all this work kind of just fell into my lap and I had planned some expensive things to do on this trip, you see, because I am someone who cares so much about music. Um, Childish Gambino at the time had released, you know, uh, This is America mm-hmm. and just Childish Gambino himself is a force to be reckoned with. And so he was playing this this venue in the mountains that's, of that's Spain, cool. and I was like, uh, that Glover. I, I, I was like, I have to be there. And there were so many other artists. Um, Florence and the Machine played. That was one that I had to be there for too. It was, and you know what's funny is Childish Gambino, who I think now arguably is like such a huge artist, played at like eight p.m. Uh-huh. at a festival that was going until six in the morning. Right. Well, he's that guy so, that was on uh, Community. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. Well, not Donald. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. What yeah. a talented young man. Yeah, that, he's, he's that amazing. That song was so powerful. Yeah. So yeah. powerful. He did such a good job. A couple and, songs that came out there that time. Uh, Jay-Z came out with that one song. Um, I forget what it was, but it was. Ape Shit. I think so. I don't know the name. It was because, well, that was another place I had to go because uh, him and Beyonce were doing their second on the run tour. And I missed the original one because we had a friend in our group who didn't want to pay that extra amount to go. And it, it broke my heart. Anyway, they were playing in France and it was cheaper to see them in France than it was to see them in the U.S. So I was like, yes, I'm hopping on a plane and going to France. Um, I mean, so anyway, ticket, like I said. With the ticket, it was cheaper to go. With the plane ticket, yeah. everything, it was cheaper to go to France. Okay, so no. But when I accumulate two shows that I went to, it was worth it. Also, my sister was like studying abroad at the time. So I got to see her. So it was like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was yeah, just like, was I, I have to do idea. it. I have to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was. Uh, but anyway, but to be able to fund this wonderful once in a lifetime trip, I had to like, fall into something which was podcasting and I was on trains and planes and just buses editing and it was honestly I think that that's maybe why I love podcasting because it like helped me do all of these magical things that I wanted to do and it was like the world aligned you know so you got (laughs) you got into the podcasting on the backside. you know I I started podcasting it's like ah shit now I gotta learn how to edit fuck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh my god, I don't, I don't what am I gonna do here? I can't yeah, get, total I, different experiences. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm learning that I'm, you know, upping the quality a little bit at a time as I learn new things. Yeah, and uh, it's an art. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's an art yet because I'm still, you know, doing finger paints. You'll get there. <laughs> it takes practice. I I promise you can get there. Oh yeah, thanks. 
So yeah, building an audience is, is a challenge. Um, and that's uh, just relentless promotion, self-promotion at some level. And connecting, mm-hmm. I think really connecting um, on your show so you have good content. And um, to people who may be interested in the show, not, not just going out on Twitter and every now and then just kind of getting in dialogue with somebody. I think that's important. Yeah, no, 100%. I think stories are so connecting, aren't they? Like they make people more humble in some ways or more like honorable or I think we always want to root for the good guy and like hope that we don't align too much with the bad guy. I don't know. Life is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The whole good guy, bad guy thing, the whole dialectic reality of of life is is misguided and it's built upon principles and ideas that people are holding on to that may or may not be true um but they're holding oh 100 so deeply that i love identify with them yeah i love the phrase um tradition is just peer pressure from dead people oh i've never heard that because before. it is that's pretty good yeah i like that it's a synopsis <laughs> yeah that's uh that's... <laughs> yeah that is that is true that is uh Ha, that's funny. It's so obvious too. And, and I've never mm-hmm. heard that before. You would think you would hear something that obvious. Yeah. It's peer so. pressure from dead people. Yeah. You know, I notice more peer pressure or more traditional realities as, as you go East in the United States. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so I went to, because again, I, I am someone who dabbles in the metaphysical as well as being really interested just in audio work. Uh, a, a joy trip of mine that I had to like knock off my bucket list was go to Salem, Massachusetts. Have you ever been? No, I live uh, close to Salem, Oregon though. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never made it that, well, I take it back. I, I went to LA once, but I really haven't really ventured out West. How is it? It's amazing. There's too many people here and everybody farts. You'd never want to come here. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I hear it's super gentrified too. So I'm like, oh, yeah, God. yeah. Everybody's yeah. Everything costs a lot. Um, you know what? The West coast is very desirable. Um, and that is why there are so many people here. So the yeah, irony for sure. that the people get in the way of itself in, a, in the way of its beauty. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it was a much more peaceful place when I moved here 30 years ago. I can do that, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, what we're getting now are ecological refugees. So California is getting to be too hot, too dry, and a fire hazard. And people are starting to just hate it. Um, I don't know if you've ever been engulfed in smoke um, for more than a few days where it's at particulate levels that are just so high that you can't be outside. Um, and it smells like a, like a forest fire. It smells like a campfire everywhere and you can't breathe. And then add to that the heat when it gets really, really hot and you got smoke and you've got no light coming through. It's all really, really dark. And the sun, you can look straight at it in the middle of the day and it's just red if you can find it, 
that is an overwhelming sense of doom and hell and purgatory. Yeah. So people are exiting that and they're coming up here and they're turning mm-hmm. this into their hell that they had. And the, and the hell yeah. is just about infrastructure, really. If we had a better way for people to get around or not so many people getting around, like the necessity to get around, like we have during the middle of COVID, then we would see less hell. Because the hell is, is, for me, is being stuck in traffic. Yeah. When you just want to go somewhere. You know? So um, I'm blessed because where I live, I don't experience that. I mean, like traffic here is like an hour, maybe hour, 25 minutes. If it rains, maybe two, depending on how bad it rains. I don't know. Any form of precipitation kind of ruins the city for me. <laughs> you would hate it here. It's precipitating. So it's uh, November now. We had a, an amazingly dry October. We only had a couple of good rains. Um, usually it'll start in October and it doesn't really stop raining. And by, by that, I mean, you'll get two to three to 10 days of rain in a row. And then you'll get two to three to 10 days without, but in the middle of it, like January, December and January, it's just dark. Like from, it doesn't get light till eight in the morning. And it gets dark at five at night. And it's. Yeah, that would probably bum me out. Uh-uh. No. Yeah, we have a high level of seasonal depression. So that is the one thing that I call it the, the filter. So people come up here from California and they'll move up to uh, Portland or Salem or around here in. In. May, June, July, August. It's absolutely beautiful here. And it's amazing. It's perfect weather. And <laughs> then the winter will come. And one of the partners typically will be a sun person. And they'll put up with the first winter. And the other person's going, oh, my God, I love this rain. And then the one partner's going, no, this rain's killing me. And they get depressed. And so they end up having to move again. So we end up with that. And I think that's what's building Bend. Bend is on the other side of the mountains and gets less rain. It's more like being in Colorado. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Well, well, let me tell you. Let me ask you: Is the, the altitude pretty high up there? Like, where are you at? I'm not. I mean, I'm in what's called the Willamette Valley. It's the most fertile valley in the world. Um, was once an ancient seabed until the uh, floods of the Missoula Lake the Great Missoula Lake flooded and created the Columbia Gorge and flooded out the bottom of that kind of, I don't know, plateau between two mountain ranges, the coastal range and the, and, and the um, Cascades. So I live in that valley that fertile valley, mm-hmm. Willamette Valley. And it goes from Portland down to Eugene. And that's about, I think, 80 miles long. And okay. it's about 60, 40 to 60 miles wide, depending on where you're at. And we live 
outside of Salem in a town called Silverton, nestled up into the Cascades. So as the Cascades start to go up, uh, we live in that there. So behind us is all hills. And as you go up the hill, okay. there's a place called Silver Falls. And Silver Falls has, I believe, 11 natural, wonderful waterfalls. Uh, some flow only in the winter, uh, but many of them flow all year. Most of them flow all year round. Um, I think the largest one is 120 feet, might be 130 feet. They're really fa fascinating and you can walk behind them. Okay. They're really amazing. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like it. So it is a magical place, but the weather will make people get really bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Pacific Northwest has always appealed to me, but I also just, I think with all the rain, I would be really bummed. So I don't know. And I'm, I'm Mexican American. Like my people come from like a very hot, dry place. So I think that's where I'm supposed to like be at some point, maybe who knows. Yeah. Cause I get really cold here and I'm <laughs> miserable. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> a blend of Portuguese and Swedish and Irish and English and stuff. But, uh, and I grew up in the San Joaquin Valley. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of Mexican people, you know, that I grew up with. I grew up with Mexican people because we lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Um, uh, have you ever made it over to Europe? I have not. Mm. Sounds like you have, just for a concert. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to just go where life takes you, you know? Mm -hmm. Or where you I don't know. There's something nice about connecting with roots, right? Because, like, Mexican people were colonized by the Spanish and the French. And there's yeah. something kind of interesting about being around the people that, like, you know, are part of what you are as well. I don't know. There's something about it. It's like it all kind of makes sense or something. Have you been to Spain? Yeah. When I saw Childish Gambino, that was up in the mountains of Spain. I yeah. also made it to, so that was in uh, Bilbao, and, but I made it to Madrid and Sevilla. So, I mean, I, I kind of explored around. And in France, I went to, to Nice and I went to Paris because, I mean, you know, the French Riviera, and if it's good enough for Picasso, it's good enough for me, you know? Right, right. So I have a friend, Matias, and uh, he's he's Spaniard. He's from Sevilla, and also yeah. from Morocco, because his dad taught for the international school. So he has mm -hmm. a combined Moroccan-Spanish reality. Um, but he's been in America for a long time. He's, he's He married a woman here, um, and they had a child, and... He's, but he's integrated with the Mexican community quite well. He's done radio with them and, and he uh, does a lot of fundraiser things for, for the Mexican community out here. And we have a pretty good community here of, of Mexican migrant workers. Um, and our farms tend to go all year long. Um, so a lot of them have just been here forever. And so he's at a pool hall one night and uh, this guy yells out, hey, Spaniard. What about Cortez? Yikes. <laughs> the whole room, the whole room just got quiet, right? And he's looking around, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed here. So he's like, the only way I'm going to get out of this is make a joke. So he goes, Cortez, when he got back to Spain, my family, they fucked him and they took all of his gold. I got all Cortez's gold. And they all fucking laughed. 
that's kind of hilarious. I will say one of the best parts about roaming around in Spain, kind of drunk at one point, um, was I did see like a sign that was named after him and I got to like flip it off. And since it is so customary to piss in public in Spain, that was something I couldn't get down with necessarily um, about like, you know, Europe. I was like, mm, why are we so okay with this? But also, when you're drunk in for public forever. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. So, you know, when when you're in Rome, as I also got to be in on this trip later on, but that's another story. But I will say, I did get the luxury of urinating in public on the little street thing. So haven't lived. Whatever. <laughs> I was just saying, a lot of my ancestors were happy. <laughs> I would say. My ancestors were like, do it, girl, do it. We see yeah. you. <laughs> so. yeah, it makes Fellini's uh, fountain scene a little bit different. It's like, hey, you know, I wonder how many women have peed in there. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so sexy, full of pee. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> That's someone's kink out there. <laughs> traveling is definitely something I want to do. Um, I've been wanting to do it my whole life. I traveled when I was in the Marines, but, you know, that's a little different. Yeah. And, uh, but I always did go off the path and that's my style. Um, I wander and I meet. And that's, that's yeah. always been fun. That's, I think, a big part of life. Um, I would like to say I'm always open to people because I think life is all about having conversations and meeting different people and perspectives to sometimes because back to your idea of like the, the, you know, society and the good guy, bad guy thing. I think that tradition, you know, like I said, is peer pressure from dead people. And we have to like fight against systems that just don't benefit everybody. Like that's what we should all just do. You know, we shouldn't let anybody, be in a position where they're being hurt for just like doing the good thing and trying to live their lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people doing the good work right now. Um, and I think they're learning how to do it better. I think uh, we've got a pretty heavy duty redneck response to the, you know, the aggressive Antifa types uh, happening now. And that's all that is. It's a, it's tip of the pendulum. It's swinging the other way. And now, uh, you know, the boys in the trucks with the flags are all over the place making noise and revving their engines. And, you know, it's just a response. Um, I hope it doesn't get too out of hand. I were, you know, today I, I jokingly have been kind of a funk and I went to go vote and did my civic responsibility like I was supposed to. And it was really ironic that as I was stepping out of the car, um, REM's life, uh, it's the end of the world as we know it started. And I, I, I just couldn't, I, I just could not, not smile to myself, you know? And I, I think that that kind of whatever switch was really just in a place where I was like, fuck it. And I was like, you know, if that's the case, we're going to live it up. So it's funny, my friends and I, we all have this. And, and although I know it's a pandemic and nobody should like be in huge groups or whatever, but I have not gone out at all. And my friends have also been very safe about it. But we are getting together because we have this tradition that we call Election Day Chili, 
where we all get together and we eat chili and drink and just watch whatever destruction happens or whatever changes happen that are going to make just a lot of people pissed off. Um, You know, I, I always root on the side of equality and justice for all, because as we all should, um, but that doesn't mean that people don't have misguided perceptions of what that is. Um, And I don't want to get all like whatever, because, in, in the spirit of like, just trying to like, hey, if it all goes down in flames tonight. <laughs> so anyway, for election day chili. So anyway, yeah. for election day chili, I, uh, yeah, I'm just going to bring some macarons and some champagne and eat chili and hang out with my friends. So say lovey. Sounds fun. Sounds yeah, like, it's going to be a fun time. You know you're not going to know anything tonight. I would just leave the TV off. Oh, yeah, I think, well, the good thing is like, none of my, yeah. I'm a millennial. You know what I mean? None of us have cable. So what we're probably going to do is like periodically check in every once in a while, but really just enjoy each other's company and just probably, I'm just going to insist we dance off uh, whatever bad feelings we have because it's been a really long time since I've been to anything fun or dancey. And I'm always somebody you can find at a drag show and I've missed that. So it's like, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't know if you are you you kind of integrating or i mean i out i i guess in a lot of parts of the country there's there's still a lot of people just going out and doing things there are i mean i personally just i i i'm very close to my family so like and you know my parents are older and i would feel really terrible if something were to happen to them because i was kind of being reckless yeah and there's the people who gave me life so I can like sacrifice going out all the time to keep them safe since yeah. I'm seeing them on a regular basis, you know? So, yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. I, you know, I have to do things. I have to go out and get stuff and do things like that. But, um, you know, I haven't, I hadn't hugged my grandson for a long, long time. And finally this week I was just, we had a Halloween party and it was so fun. And he just kind of kept coming up to me and, and finally, I'm like, you, you want me to hold you? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. You know, it's it's just a year and a half. It's like, gosh, he's almost two. Holy shit, he's almost two. I think I think we're all just at a point, you know, where we miss social interaction and human touch. I mean, like we, you know what I mean? Like we're humans. We crave attention and affection. Like it's part of our nature. Like I think that it, it's a really unfortunate. But I think also it's about just like seeing the community as a whole. You know, like. I I have a lot of people around me who are boomers, who are like lovely people who I see yeah. on a regular basis. And we just communicate from afar because I would just feel really bad if something were to happen to them. And, you know, I, that would just hurt me. And I don't know, I'm just, I, maybe because of like, there's been such a big long tradition in my family of just like, and I get, not all traditions that I guess, but my family were like very close and just the idea that, you know, the recklessness of me just going to a party when I could just chill it out maybe for a second especially I'm fortunate enough to work from home so I go out when I need to duh like we, we have to do that but I don't know I've maybe I'm also just becoming more of a homebody as I get older who knows yeah as you get older. <laughs> so millennials yeah. are huggers like they've always been huggers are they are yeah. they in the midwest yeah, for the most part. I mean, maybe that's why for a really long time I was really against hugs. But as I've gotten older, I've become like, oh, it's just a it's like a form of, of expression. 
Um, but yeah, but maybe now because I, because I can't hug people for real, maybe now I just miss it more. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I mean, we appreciate now, you know, we, we do deep hugs in Oregon, even the men and men, we just hug each other till we feel each other's hearts. It's, it's heart hugs. That's what we do. And, uh, and I miss those because they are a connection. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll just kind of hold my friend's waist while, after a good hug, after we both done a few exhales and like look in their face and go, yeah, I see you. I see you. Yeah. That's really wonderful because I think that that's such a big and terrible issue with a lot of like, you know, male friendships is that I, I don't know. I've just heard that it's really rough because like once you get married, sometimes it can be kind of hard to like connect with your friends in the same way. I mean, I'm not a man. I don't live that experience, but well, it depends I, on know, the I imagine I guess that's true too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they but I mean, even typically, but I would even say like, I mean, you know, as you become a father or whatever, your priorities change. You can't just hang out with your, bu- your buddies don't become like your number ones anymore. You know, there's that shift. So yeah, it's well, like, even if you're well-intended, sometimes <laughs> like people fall off. Yeah. People fall off, you know, that's a normal thing. Yeah. Well, people have always fallen off, but I have a, a massive group of friends who I connect with on a regular basis, usually through drinking. So I won't be connecting with them this month because I'm taking November off. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I guess. but I still connect with them anyways. I mean, I connect with a lot of friends um, on a regular basis. Um, my, my wife and I have different lives. We are together, um, but we, do some things together and we do a lot of things apart when we were raising kids we team worked on that you know and yeah uh, you know some some marriages it's more of like every time you see one you see the other and you know there are people in this town who barely know i'm married but you know we go out on occasion and, and you know she has a great time but she's more of a homebody she doesn't care for that and i desire it it's it's a need almost you know where i've got to go out and be amongst people. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's an important quality. Having a social life of your own is super important. Um, well, Gary, how about we do this tarot reading? So are you feeling up for it? Sure, let's do a tarot read. I've never done one. All right. All right, let's do it. Close your eyes. Video on the cards. Take a deep. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm like shuffling them right now in my hands. Okay. So just like, yeah, close your eyes, or focus actually, on your I breath. Think, I had a. I don't know if you can take a picture. Of them. I don't know if you can take a picture of them while the while this is going on, but that'd be cool if you could send me. Yeah, a I can send you a photo of them. Yeah, of the final okay. result. Okay, I will do that. Um, but in the meantime, you close your eyes, focus on oh, your breath. Birth, you don't know my birth date. Doesn't matter. I was gonna do your natal chart, but you send me that, and I just send it over to you, and you can read it. How about that? And you can tell me how accurate it seems. Okay. Okay. So, and then, yeah, you could, if you find it at all relevant, I suggest, like, I'm going to give you a website and help you, like, do all that. And I suggest that, you know, even if you find a kick out of it, bring it up on another podcast. Because I think that sometimes when it proves to be kind of true, even if just, you know, in a cute way. It's uh, kind of interesting and it can be helpful for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and close your eyes if you haven't already and focus on your breath. 
breathing in as deep as you can and out as deep as you can. And do that a couple of times until you feel ready. And whenever you feel ready, tell me to stop and I'm gonna pick the top three cards. Ready. Okay. All right, it just got windy where I'm at, so I have to move, but top three. All right, so we start with the first card. So we start with the strength card. So the strength card, uh, okay, so there's five different parts of any tarot deck, and this is part of what's called the major arcana. The major arcana is essentially the deck that represents like life journeys, enlightenment, things that you really might be focused on. So with this first one, it is kind of maybe where you're at right now in your life. So you've got the strength card, which, um, okay, with everything that's sort of been happening in the world, have you been able to stay in a fairly balanced state? Like, do you feel a lot of change in yourself necessarily? Uh it's you know I, I I do, but I have a deep ballast, so I come back to it. Have sense? you been having to? It does. Uh, do you have you been having to face like maybe like realities, maybe like hard things in your life, however that you maybe had been putting off? Because I think endless time, haven't we all kind of been doing deep thinking? It's all hard. It's all been hard right now. It's all brand new right now. Right, right. But you've still been able to kind of like get through it, right? Like just the courage, oh, yeah. having that courage to kind of just keep pushing on. Like, I guess we're going to be in for a surprise today. Like, you know, come what may. Yeah, no, I just kind of keep going. I mean, like doing this show in a different format. That's that's just rolling with it. You know, you got to do things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is wonderful. Um, the next card in here is the Nine of Wands reversed um okay so with that the ones is the is like so when i think of this specific section of the deck um it's over the element of fire so like you just want to think a lot about like the things that drive you you know your forces so it's reversed um okay so with having that nature of like having to persist on do you ever just like get really into a spot where you doubt yourself or you're feeling like this is something different and exhausting in a way that is helping maybe challenge me, but perhaps that you even maybe doubt yourself. I don't know. Is that something that you feel like has been an obstacle? In, in most things, yes. Um, for some reason in this endeavor, I don't feel that. I feel like it's inevitable. Right. I was just kind of like in any but aspect yes, of the your... day to day grind and, and uh, yeah, I get, I get overwhelmed and I feel like a phony. Yeah. 
I think that, yeah. And I think that that happens like, you know, with any media or any like new endeavors or things that you do. I think there, there's that constant like imposter syndrome, right? It's like, am I screaming into the void and are people actually listening or am I just screaming into the void and just screaming into the void, which, you know, even in itself is like a rewarding and comforting thing. But I think we put expectations on everything and that's kind of what like can ruin our, the funness of it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I think it's already done what it's, it, it's, I think the goal of my show is already happening. Um, I'm, I'm spreading dialogue and I'm spreading ideas and, and new ways of thinking um, from different people who are accomplished in different ways. And mm. I feel like we all need to hear each other's stories because I think stories is where the healing is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think stories are so important. I mean, like, think about how every form of technology that's existed has just been a different evolved way of, you know, having, telling a story, you know, presenting an image out to the world. Well, there's a reason Gutenberg was the person of the century, right? Good point. Good point. Well, you're correct. Yeah. And, and the power of the press has always been pretty powerful and people want to hear the story. They want to know the story. Um, and now more than ever, we want to know the source of the story and, and, and how valid it is, which is good. I think, you know, as long as people are now stepping into the fact that they need to have critical thinking about all the information they're receiving and, and, and how, that message will actually play. I mean, that's important as well. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, I don't know. I think that it's been really wonderful, especially with like the internet, because it's, it's been a different form of medium that's helped change the world. Um, it just, it's just another way of uncovering things. And like you said, I'm glad that people are also with the accessibility are doing the research and fact checking and stuff because, you know, facts and science are important <laughs> i would say yeah and multiple sources and corroboration of sources and that kind of stuff it's important now you know investigating yeah, stuff is always more challenging because you know the sources are hidden and this that and the other and so i take right. that with a grain of salt it's like this is the information so far it looks like it's possible but i don't know the truth yet fair um, all right. And then with the last card, we have the four of wands reversed. So, okay. Um, so I am curious now because I would like to see your natal chart at some point when I do do that. Um, because right now you're coming up with two fire cards and like a card of like major transition and change. Um, so with this one, the four of wands with this project, kind of what I'm seeing, um, I mean, I think with any project and like you said, having to connect with different people and different stories and stuff, um, things change and stuff uh, and, and nothing is like always linear um, when you're dealing with other people. I think that that's kind of like the worst part was the worst part. I guess podcasts are still a group project, but anyway, but it's a labor of love. I don't know. I'm having a whole thought while I'm saying this. I'm sorry, but uh, my point is is that with your podcast, be okay with the fact that you're going to have to be a little bit flexible because everything is, like you said, changing. And I think with that technologies and, you know, the, the things that people are accessible at times um, isn't always balanced. So being okay with like transition and change um, and with this project and being flexible, I think is going to give you the best result. 
because you're going to be able to access so many different types of people and tell stories. And I mean, at the end of the day, may we all hope that stories make us more connected to humanity. Yeah. One of the biggest yeah. challenges is when, when these things come up, um, all processes change, you know, like for instance, losing my ability to call on anchor and just do a phone call. I had to shift to zoom. Well, if I right. do, if I do a video show, there's two separate publishings that need to happen. Yeah. So I'll take one show to um, iMovie and I'll make a movie out of it. And then I'll share that to um, YouTube. And I'll put titles on it and different things like that to make it look a little more professional and feel better. And yesterday, I, it was my first one, so I, I, it just didn't feel right just throwing it out there as a Zoom meeting-looking thing. So I put an intro uh, together, and I had fun with it. And I was up till 11.30 at night, and I didn't know it. I mean, with daylight savings time, you know, my clock's all screwed up anyways. So I went to, uh, <laughs> I went to get something to eat because I got a little hungry and Noticed it was uh, 11.30 and I still had stuff to do. I got to bed about 12.30 and, and I usually get to bed about nine, but I was driven. Oh, wow. I was driven by, and it wasn't fun driven. It was a lot of frustration, but the goal was there to get it in the can. And so I stayed with it. And so it was fun at some level. It reminded me of getting up on the surfboard, which took three days to really do. Um, I was up on my knee in the second day, but I couldn't figure out how to do the full hop onto your feet. Um, I was on a short board with fast waves and it was, it was hard to do, but it was a good way to learn how to do it quick. And it was so fun. I've never done that, but you've made it sound wonderful and I've always wanted to. So maybe that was the push I needed to finally try it someday. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you go to Hawaii or something, you know, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks to get a lesson. Uh, probably better if you go to Costa Rica or, you know, you speak the language and, and it's cheaper. Um, just find a, there's little beach villages. Um, yeah. That, that they'll teach you with a long board and you can get up in a day. Yeah. I'll have to do that. Yeah. It's put on the list. Maybe find where Beyonce surfing. No, I wouldn't just go. Listen, that was a fulfillment of a concert that I didn't originally go to, and there was luckily a sequel. Sometimes you got to just do it for the experience. <laughs> I think I'd have to be really, really rich to go to all the concerts I want to go to. So I was really fortunate because, like I said, I worked at a radio station. So I went to like 40 shows in like, I think I worked there for two years, maybe a little bit less than that. And that's how many shows I went to. So, you know, <laughs> I was just at the right place at the right time, it seems like. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And now, yeah, and now at this point, it's just like knocking off the last ones that I want to see. Like, uh, Paul McCartney was knocked off the list. So that was like wonderful. I need to go see Ringo. That's still one I need to do. But yeah, Beyonce. Doing the All Stars. Uh, no. I'm sorry. Is he, it, was he touring with the All Stars again? He, Ringo? I know he. I know he did maybe two or three years back ago because I think around the time that I went to Europe, when I got back, he had either just done a show 
like that winter or he was he, he had maybe done a show right before I left. I can't remember. But either way, he so was. Who's your favorite Beatle? Oh. That's challenging um, because I, I think I go through phases, but honestly, I think the best one that everyone underestimates is George Harrison um, because I think that he wrote some of the most beautiful songs. Like he wrote Blackbird and Blackbird is beautiful and really one of the ones that scudded me. And yeah, like yesterday is cool, but like, I don't know. I just feel like John was very complicated and he kind of was a walking contradiction. And aren't we all, I guess, in some way. Yeah, we all are. Um, yeah, we all are. And then like Paul, Paul, I think I really enjoy, but also just like, I think when I really appreciated like George Harrison's like messy, um, just well, sorry, not George Harrison. That was no, it was George Harrison who had kind of the messy relationship. He was like with Patty Boyd, and that didn't work out. Um, and then like she married Eric Clapton, but I digress. Anyway, he has he also has just like a really beautiful and sad, complicated love story, and I'm always kind of a sucker for those, you know. Yeah, I wonder how much. I mean, Patty Boyd always ended up getting like in a bad situation with her men, and I'm wondering how much of that was Patty. I do wonder that too, because, well, I think that like, you know, I mean, relationships are, are two way things, obviously. Right. 100%. But I also think that people sometimes find comfort in what they've always known. And sometimes if, if your home life is bad, that can be, you know, unhealthy relationships. So yeah. it's a, sometimes it seems like a game of cat and mouse and it's unfortunate. And I, I, it breaks my heart that people get into those situations, both partners, because, you know, hurtful things can come from either side. So you know, may we all one day be healed and not hurt others because hurt people hurt people. So we do. And, and we're not, and we're not, we need to be kinder. Um, But it's, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with protecting space and being afraid of encroachment. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, I also think that like, like myself is like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a person of color living in America where I feel like to any, to, to have any connection of self and, and ancestors and roots beyond just like my household mm-hmm. was always something I had to go out and search. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I believe like, I mean, I don't want to assume, well, you did say that you're mostly of European, you know, ancestry, but you know, your, your history was taught as like a requirement. Mine was t- taught as an elective and you know, it, right. it's hard to be. Well, actually, my dis- American history is probably richer than yours in terms of integration. I That's literally true. grew up with Mexicans. They were my friends when I was. I'm a not. Kid. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, this isn't to say that you don't have you know experience, but I'm just saying that you know you you just like kind of in the public school system and what we all kind of like maybe uh, are privy to without having more you know experiences beyond that. Um, there is just the ability and accessibility to knowledge. You know what I mean? My knowledge wasn't always just accessible and that's hard and and heartbreaking for me sometimes. Um, but I digress, like I would really like to get to a place in history, uh, in this country, you know, where we learn just more about everything, you know, and how things have an impact and history is a domino effect. You know what I mean? Is there a strong Mexican American community in St. Louis? No, not really. Um, I would say that we have, yeah, like, honestly, I have been very much isolated, and it's a bummer. Uh, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have a very strong family system, but, you know, um, beyond that, 
and also like St. Louis is so unfortunate that it's well I guess unfortunate in some ways and also not it's it's neighborhoods and communities so like what is um like what is like the county is very different in the ideology and thought process of like what is like St. Charles County which you know those aren't part of the city necessarily but like like I was saying it's all kind of like different communities and spaces but even just like within the network of what is downtown St. Louis like um I feel like it's all different neighborhoods like it's Soulard or it's uh you know like Tower Grove East or Tower Grove South or you know it's uh Holly Hill you know it's it's also like this is what it is and I think that that has created such a at times I guess like separate thing I don't know St. Louis is an interesting place in that Jim Crow is so alive in so many aspects and people don't want to see it and like you can see it in the fact that um the way the city is divided up it's divided racially like when people moved into a like a neighborhood it couldn't be more than like 75 percent x group of people you know what i mean so banks districts you can't get into this neighborhood if you're a person of color well right but you know there was just so many different like laws that well yeah that and just precedents that were set because even though the law was reversed maybe like 20 years after the fact like tradition and structures keep things in place you know what i mean so like for example my what a wink and a nod or a dog whistle you don't have to yeah yeah you don't have to tell the client you're selling the house to that the person is of color you can just say you know they're they're from this oh they're from that neighborhood you just call the right. neighborhood. There's a way of dog whistling. And yeah. like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. so it's, uh, it's I'm an important thing. Yeah. Mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. They sold the house. Right. Yeah. It's just on and on. So have you yeah. received, uh, do you, do you, have you, I, I, it's obvious you would have been singled out a few times in your life being a person of color in St. Louis. Um, well, I feel like just honestly, I think that, I mean, isn't that kind of the experience for people of color everywhere? Because even like, even good intending people at times, you know, um, uncertainly treat their friends of color like they're not, like they have to put an emphasis on their stuff, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain. I just think that a lot of ways that people believe that they're respecting people's culture is a way of like, amplifying it sometimes like okay like for example like I being Mexican-American uh one thing I really can't stand is like when people see me they have to open with hola like don't do that That, that's not necessary like what the fuck you know like that isn't you don't have to do that right right so I don't know what's weird is when their intention is to be fun and happy and kind and you're like yeah I've heard that one before you know yeah I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I think it'd be different too if, like, if you were to say, like, a whole phrase or specifically, like, impress me with, uh, with how much, fa- but it almost just seems like, look, I know a little bit about your culture. What? Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. I was just going to do some Spanish, but I realized I was going to say French in the middle. You've heard of Spanglish. I just did Spank French. Yeah, you did. You did something interesting there, Gary. I will tell yeah. you that. <laughs> instead of donde esta. <laughs> it was in my head, though. That's 
that's list dexia you know it does that kind of thing uh, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today was Bex Carlos. We did a tarot reading, which was fun. I hope you enjoyed that. The other thing is, uh, this is God and Pepper Presents podcast, and it goes better when you subscribe. So on your listening device, go ahead and hit subscribe. You don't have to listen to all the shows, but you will be informed of all the shows when they come out. Uh, this is part of our Women in Business series. Bex is a audio engineer, as you heard, and she is doing podcast editing these days out of st louis do you just go walk under the arch sometimes um every time i drive by the arch i most definitely say oh there you are you beautiful old bitch it always makes me laugh it's pretty cool i mean it's architecturally pretty fascinating to see i i will say that it is an architectural marble that is 100 percent true yeah if you could tell the world uh, if you could actually uh, change the world in one way using your talent, skills, and abilities, what would you do? I would say that I really just hope that people are aware of the ways that they impact people. And sometimes being aware of the domino effect of humanity makes us all better. Yep. We're all connected, folks. So that's why I'm going to say love your others, love your mother, give her a call if you haven't. And if you don't have a mother, give your friend's mother a call. She always liked you, but not that mother. No, she was weird. So go ahead and uh, be good humans to everybody. Cigar and Pepper presents out. <laughs>